Well, welcome to First Church. We are so glad you're joining us today, whether you are online or in person. Looks like we have a great crowd here on site today. And if you guys would, would you get loud and welcome in our online family and let them know that we are glad that they are joining us for worship here today. So glad to have all you guys. And before we get started, if you would allow for me to, I just want to take a moment to pray for those who are devastated by the terrible storms that ripped through Kentucky and Tennessee and Arkansas and Illinois and other places as well. Some of you guys have asked, and I appreciate that. Uh, my family in Kentucky was not affected by those storms, at least not the devastation that you saw on TV. My family mostly lives in the central part of the state, and the tornadoes really came through the western part of the state. They're all safe, but we know that a lot of people were devastated. And so we want to pray for those families that have been affected and lift them up. And we also want to let you know that as a church, we're going to be in contact with some local churches in that area so that we can help out, reach out to them in some way or another. So we're going to try to serve them in whatever way that they need, but we're going to wait to hear from them before we just jump and go there. So be listening to that in ways that possibly you can help to reach out to those who are in need right now. So let's go ahead and take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you so much for today and this opportunity that we have to be here together in worship. And right now, we just lift up those throughout the areas that I just mentioned that are experiencing devastation this morning because of those storms that ripped through those areas. Father, it's difficult to go through something like that any time, but especially this time of year. And so, Father, I just pray that you wrap your arms around those who are hurting right now, those who are suffering. And, Father, I pray that we as the church can be a support and a help to those in need, as well as other churches across the country can help those in need right now as well. We just lift up all those who are in the areas that we just mentioned in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. We are just 12 days away from Christmas Eve. Can you believe that? I mean, that is crazy. 13 days away from Christmas Day, 12 days away from Christmas Eve. And we want you to be putting First Church as part of your Christmas Eve plans. We have four services scheduled. We already mentioned that earlier in the service, but we have a service on December the 23rd, which is Christmas Eve Eve, and then we also have three services on Christmas Eve, and we want you to be making plans to attend, but not only that, we want you to be inviting others to come as well, because many people will respond to an invitation to come to church during the Christmas season when they want any other time of the year. And we've got something really cool that we're doing this year. We've had these really awesome First Church Christmas shirts made up. They kind of look like ugly sweaters, you know. And you can get one of these today. You can get one for only five bucks. This is a long sleeve t-shirt. That is cheap for a t-shirt. You can purchase one today. And here's the thing. If you purchase one today, we're also going to give you an extra one that you can give to somebody else. So it's buy one, give one, okay. And you can give one to somebody else. A friend, a family member, a neighbor, co-worker, classmate, whoever. And then as you give them a First Church Christmas shirt, invite them to come to either our Christmas Eve services or our Christmas Sunday service. We would love to have a huge crowd. And so this is a great opportunity for you to get an awesome, ugly First Church Christmas shirt. But also, you can give it to somebody else as well and invite them to come and celebrate the birth of our Savior. Hey, ugly never looks so good, right? So you can get one of these green ones or we also have... This other color option, they tell me this is blue. This does not look blue to me. This looks gray to me, but you can get this blue, grayish, whatever shirt as well. So buy one today, five bucks, get one for free that you can give away to a friend or neighbor and invite them to come and celebrate Jesus' birth with us. Well, I don't know what plans you already have made for this Christmas season, but I bet I know one thing that will be true. Every detail of your holiday 
will not go exactly as planned. Because a lot of unexpected things happen during the holidays, don't they? I mean, it's just true. We can plan and we can plan and we can plan, but no matter how hard we plan things, the unexpected always seems to happen. I came across a video this week of a kid's Christmas play at a church where this was definitely the case, and I want to share it with you. Take a look at this video we see these little kids, and I'm going to point out this girl right here. She's supposed to be a sheep in the play. Now, she's not wearing the part of her costume that goes over her head, and you'll, you're probably going to realize why, because she's pretty spunky. She's pretty independent. In fact, she decides that she needs baby Jesus, and you remember that from the Gospels, right? I mean, the sheep grab baby Jesus, right? That's part of the story. And so she decides to hang on to baby Jesus for a little while, but Mary's not having it. That's her baby. And so Mary's going to come after this sheep and get her baby back. And so she's going to take baby Jesus back. Sheep isn't real happy about it. little fight goes on there for a few seconds. But the sheep thinks she's going to win out. And so she grabs the baby again. And she's going to hold the, hold the baby Jesus with all of her might to make sure that Mary doesn't take it back. She's happy now. But again, Mary is not going to let this die. I mean, that is her baby. That's my baby, Mary says. And so she decides, after looking at her choir director for a little while, just to put the girl to headlock. You know, she goes for the headlock. And she takes her out, and what I love the most about this video is that Joseph just stands there and does nothing, you know? Isn't that typical? Just stands there and does nothing. I guarantee that when they put together the script for this kid's Christmas play, the part of the sheep stealing baby Jesus and Mary putting the sheep in the headlock, that was not part of the play. But sometimes unexpected things happen. That's true in our lives, and it's especially true this time of year. And right now, for you, Christmas may be kind of chaotic and crazy because unexpected things have already happened to you. But here's the thing. Our God, our God, well, He works perfectly in the midst of imperfection. Even when things don't go as planned. Nothing ever catches Him off guard. Nothing ever surprises Him. Nothing is too big for Him. Nothing overwhelms Him. The story of Jesus' birth reminds us that God works perfectly in the midst of imperfection. And I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't know what you're experiencing right now. I don't know what you're going to experience, but I guarantee you something is going to happen that's going to catch you off guard. I mean... Maybe you run out of time when it comes to shopping, and you're shopping at the last minute, and you promised yourself you wouldn't do that this year. Maybe the money that you thought you needed to buy, all the gifts that you needed to give, it's just not there like you thought it would be. I mean, maybe those Christmas lights that you pulled out of the box, and last year they worked fine. When you plugged them in, they're not working this year, and you have no idea why. The weather's probably not going to cooperate. The family gathering that you have is probably going to get a little awkward when you-know-who starts to talk about politics. And if you don't know who you-know-who is, maybe you-know-who is you-know-you, okay? Maybe the refrigerator is going to go out, or the oven's going to stop working, or hot water heater stop working. Maybe a flight's going to be delayed or even canceled, or there's going to be car trouble. Who knows? I mean... Maybe even your youngest son, Kevin, is left home alone while the family goes off to Paris and there's some robbers who are staking out your house and he's got to defend the house for the family. I don't know. Maybe it's a movie. I'm not sure. But still, the unexpected is probably going to happen. But when it does, remember, God works perfectly in the midst of imperfection. In fact, he gives us this promise 
in Scripture. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. And that was proven to be true at the time that God decided to announce the birth of his son to a young Galilean girl named Mary. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. This is a familiar text, but it's where we're going to be today as we see the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and announcing the birth of Jesus to her. And the scripture says this in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, you may have read this passage before, but I wonder if you've ever asked the question Why Mary? Maybe not, because throughout the history of the church, Mary has been well-respected. She's been honored, and I think deservedly so. I mean, here at First Church, we don't worship Mary. She was just a human being like the rest of us that God used. But still, she is a woman worthy of respect. I mean, out of all the people on earth that God chose to give birth to His Son and raise His Son, Mary was chosen. And the Bible speaks of her in this way. He refers to her as one who is highly favored. So maybe you've never really asked the question, why Mary? Because Mary's been respected throughout the history of the church. But even though history, history has respected Mary, I'm not sure if she was well respected in her day, at least not by the elite of society. I mean, I want you to think about it just for a second. Mary didn't have a whole lot to put on her resume. I mean... Even though she's going to give birth to the king of kings, she wasn't royalty. She wasn't famous. She didn't have a lot of influence. I mean, she actually lived below the poverty line. She wasn't especially educated. She didn't have a whole lot of life experience. I mean, she was barely even a teenager. Mary was just an average Jewish girl. They didn't have a whole lot to put on a resume. And she came from a place that wasn't well known. I mean, Galilee was not a prominent area. And her hometown of Nazareth definitely was not a prominent town. I mean, it was a place that some people even made fun of. If you remember when Jesus was first starting his ministry, people said, can anything good come from Nazareth? It was an ongoing joke if you were from Nazareth. She didn't come from a notable place. And when I thought about that this week, you know, there are some places that I've been to that are kind of small towns that really you would miss them if you didn't know they were there. You've probably been to a town like this. Like, for instance, there is a Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. This is a real place, Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. And you can go there, and a lot of people do visit there just to take a picture in front of this general store, the Rabbit Hash General Store. And I love their sign here. It says they have tobacco, sundries, potions, and notions. Rabbit Hash 
Rabbit Kentucky. So if you want potions and notions, go to Rabbit Hash, okay? This is a real place. And again, if you, if you were to blink as you, as you went through it, you would probably miss it. How about this place right here? This is another place I've been to. This is Oddville, Kentucky. Again, this is a real place, Oddville. It is just a little bump in the road, but still, it's there. And over here, if you see this building right here? That's a church building. That is the Oddville Christian Church. Yes, the Oddville Christian Church does exist. I knew their minister at one time. I'm not sure if the same guy is still preaching there. But this is a real place. Can you imagine if somebody asked you, hey, where are you from? I'm from Oddville. I mean, what a response. And I've heard there are some other little towns that are like this as well. I've heard there's a Booger Branch, Kentucky. If you want to go back to the other one, Booger Branch, Kentucky, that's a real place. If you go on to the next slide, there's a Wiener, Arkansas. How about this one right here? I love this one. Big Bottom, Washington. Where are you from? I'm from Big Bottom. You know, how cool is that? And there is a Cookie Town, Oklahoma. Now, when I first heard about Cookie Town, I wanted to go visit there. It's in the western part of the state. And I thought, that place just sounds so awesome. And then I found out that they don't really pass out cookies there. And it's like 50 people who live there. So it's really not that impressive. But still, the name is pretty cool, even though once you get there, it's not that impressive. And Nazareth, it was not a very impressive place. It was the Booger Branch of Galilee, okay? It was the Oddville of Galilee. And yet, it is from there that God chose someone to raise his son. And you know what this reminds me? This reminds me of this truth right here. That God notices the unnoticed. See, the world looks at people in one way, but God sees us in another way. And God notices those who go unnoticed in this world. And so when the angel appears to Mary and says, you are highly favored and God's got a purpose for your life, you know what that lets her know? God's paying attention to me. Mary was probably the type of person that when she walked down the street, most people did not notice her. But she found out in that moment that God had been paying attention to her. And look at how she responds. It says that she breaks out in song eventually, and she says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. She rejoices. She finds joy in the fact that God was paying attention to her. And here's the thing, the same is true for you. You may feel like your life goes unnoticed right now. You may feel like nobody's paying attention to you. Nobody cares about you. But it's not true. In fact, the Bible gives us this promise. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And right now, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, God sees you. And he's paying attention to you. He knows your needs. He knows the pain that you may be going through. He sees you in your successes. He sees you in your failures. And he loves you. And in the midst of everything that you're dealing with, he wants you to know that you have a place in his story. Just as Mary did. But it's not just that you have a place in his story. He has a role for you to play in his story. Because the birth of Jesus also reminds us of something else. It reminds us that God loves empowering nobodies from nowhere to do what no one thinks is possible. And that's exactly what God does in Mary's life. 
See, the angel tells Mary what's going to happen, and Mary is a little bit confused, and so she responds in this way, and I love her response. How will this be, Mary asks the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, that's a reasonable question. I mean, the angel says, you're going to be pregnant and give birth to a son, and Mary's like, okay, but I'm a virgin. How exactly is that going to happen? I mean, I love how real this is, you know? I love how the Bible paints people in a very realistic way. I mean, it gives descriptions of people with all of their doubts and their anxiety and their questions on display. And that's a good thing because God gets us. God understands us. See, sometimes churches come across as out of touch with reality. Sometimes preachers come across as out of touch with reality. And we don't ever want to be a church like that here. We're a church for real people who are struggling with real problems. But we serve a very real God who has the answer to all of our very real problems. And the more you follow him, the more you realize this. The more you realize God is never out of touch with what's going on in our lives. He gets us. He understands us. He understands us better than we understand ourselves. And he wants us to know that he knows what's best for us. And so, even though Mary is scared, in fact, it even says this about her, she's confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Even though she's confused, even though she's disturbed, she still loves God. I mean, she's scared, but she loves God. And have you ever been there? I mean, have you ever wanted to serve God, but what God is asking you to do seems a little scary. Maybe it scares you to death. It's like, okay, God, I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. And God says, okay, do this. And you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know how that's going to happen. That scares me to death. See, Mary loves God, but she's scared, and that's okay. But I want you to pay careful attention to what's going on here. See, Gabriel, he wasn't giving Mary a command as much as he was giving her an invitation. See, Gabriel doesn't say, Mary, I want you to accomplish something. He doesn't say, Mary, I want you to figure something out. He doesn't do that. Instead, he says, this is what God has planned out, and I'm giving you an invitation to be a part of it. And I love that, because that's how God works in our lives as well. God isn't asking us to figure anything out. He isn't asking us to accomplish something so that he will know what to do next. No, God is just asking us to join in what he is already doing. God is asking us to join in his plan. And I wonder if sometimes we forget just how capable, just how powerful our God really is. You know, I wonder if Mary's first response when she hears Gabriel say, okay, you're going to get pregnant and give birth to a son, I wonder if her first response is, okay, if this is going to happen, then Joseph and I, we have to hurry up and get married, and then we got to get busy because that's how babies come along, you know. I wonder if that was her first response. And Gabriel's like, no, pump the brakes here just a little bit. God's got a plan, and he's going to do this his way, not your way. And his way is going to be so much better. He's going to do the heavy lifting. He's going to do the miracle. You just have to trust his plan. Several years ago, when I was doing my doctoral work at Lincoln Christian University, 
they had a big snow one week when I was there. And I remember going out to my car, and there was a guy who was trying to clean off his windshield because there was snow and ice on his windshield. And apparently he wasn't used to snow because this is what he was using to try to clean off his windshield. A plastic fork that I think he got from the free breakfast from the hotel, you know. And he was there trying to scrape the ice off with this plastic fork. Now, I was from Kentucky, and we occasionally get some big snows, not like northern Illinois, but still, that's where Lincoln is. But still, I, um, I was prepared. And my dad, years ago, had given me one of these you know, to take care of snow and ice on your windshield. And so I went to my car, got this out, and I turned to that guy and I was like, hey man, you want to borrow this? And he looked at me, and I kid you not, he was still holding his little plastic fork, and he goes, no, I'm good. And I'm like, I don't think you are, you know? And so I said, no, seriously, you can use this if you want to. And he was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, he was kind of joking around with me. But he used this awesome tool, and guess what? He cleaned off his windshield a lot faster and I wonder if sometimes if that's not how we treat God. God's like, hey, you, I want you to go out and do this. And we're like, okay, I got a plan. I'm going to accomplish it like this, and I'm going to carry it like this. And God's like, no, 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 no. I want you to just trust me. And if you trust me and listen to me and follow my instructions, I'll do something a lot bigger in your life than what you could do on your own. How often are we trying to achieve things with a plastic fork when God has much bigger plans in store for us. I think sometimes we forget just how powerful, just how capable our God is. And God's not asking us to figure out a plan for him. He's asking us to trust him and then join in his plan. So Gabriel, he reassures Mary. And he reassures Mary that God is capable of doing what he promises. And then listen to what Gabriel says next. So the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now I've preached on this text numerous times. I've read this passage numerous times. You may have as well. But this was the first time this year when I was looking at this text again that I really did a deep dive when it comes to this word right here, overshadow. I've never really focused on that word before. It's just been one of those words that's in the text that I kind of skip over. But I really, really like this word. Because this Greek word overshadow that's used literally means to envelop or to cover. It was a word that was used in the first century world for a mama bird who had spread out her wings in order to cover her babies, to protect her babies. In fact, this word is used in the Greek version of the Old Testament known as the Septuagint. It was used in Jesus' day. And listen to how it's used in the Old Testament. It says, He, speaking of God, will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. What is this saying? Nothing is beyond God's reach. He's got your life covered. He wants to overshadow your life in a good way so that you are protected, so that you are taken care of. Nothing is beyond His protection. Nothing is beyond His abilities. Nothing is too big for Him. Nothing overwhelms Him. He's got you covered. And that's what Gabriel tells Mary. This may not make sense to you, but God's got it covered. He'll take care of you. This isn't too big for him to 
accomplish. And I think the story of Jesus' birth reminds us that Jesus came to overshadow your story and my story in a good way. Because Jesus came so the joy of heaven could overshadow the chaos, the uncertainty, and emptiness that exists in our lives. So after the angel reveals to Mary that God's got this cover, that he's going to take care of her, I want you to notice what he says next. He says, for nothing is impossible with God. And some of you today need to hear that. Because some of you right now have an impossible list. You've got a list of things that are going on in your life right now that you think will never change. Or at least you wonder if they will ever change. And you need to be reminded that God's got your life covered. That nothing's too big for Him. That nothing is impossible with Him. And so right now, what's on your impossible list? Are your finances out of control? And you're scared right now because of it? Did you get some unexpected news the other day? And you don't know when things are going to get better. Are you struggling with some addiction? And you've been struggling for some time, and you've been keeping it a secret, but it's getting more difficult all the time to keep it a secret. Are there issues right now in your home life, your family? What's going on right now when it comes to your friendships? Is there somebody right now that you're struggling to forgive because they've hurt you and caused some pain to your family? Is there some tangible step of faith that God wants you to take but you're afraid to do it and you've been telling God no for some time? Is there some void in your life right now because of a recent loss that you've experienced? Do you feel alone, anxious, depressed, empty, unsatisfied, discontent, sad? Do you feel unimportant, forgotten, overlooked? Well, I've got some good news for you. Because Jesus came so the joy of heaven could overshadow the chaos, uncertainty, and emptiness of your life. And when I say your life, I mean you. God has not forgotten you. God isn't overlooking you. He isn't looking past you. He sees you. And the story of Jesus' birth reminds us of just that. Jesus came so that you could experience the joy of heaven. And when Mary hears this, I want you to notice how she responds. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, I'm in. Okay, I'll do it. I am your servant. I'm ready to do whatever you ask of me. I trust you, God. This may not make a lot of sense. I may not understand exactly how it's all going to play out and work out. But I trust you, God. And God ends up using this poor, unknown Jewish girl to carry out one of the most significant roles in history to give birth to his son and raise his son. And this reminds me of another key truth. God has little use for superstars, but he does the impossible through his servants. God has little use for superstars or those who think that they are. 
But God uses those who are willing to serve him. Those who have servants' hearts. And Mary, she was the Lord's servant, ready to accept God's invitation to be part of his story. And when she accepts this invitation, she overflows with joy. See, here's the thing. When we receive the joy of heaven, it's not something we're just supposed to keep to ourselves. We are supposed to extend it to others. And listen to how Mary responds. I love how one translation puts her response. She says, my soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit burst with joy over my life-giving God. You see, when we receive the joy of heaven, it's now our job to take the joy that God has multiplied in us and multiply it in others. And that's why I love First Church, because we believe we are here to be a place where the joy of heaven meets the sadness of earth. We are here to live lives where people can experience the joy of heaven in the midst of their sadness, because we know that God's joy is so big we can't keep it in, but it overflows from us to others. And so let me ask you this Christmas, how are you extending the joy of heaven to others? Are you noticing those who go unnoticed? How are you taking the joy that Jesus has multiplied in you and multiplying it in others? This past Sunday, we had a chance as a church to do just that. Great opportunity. Because remember, we had that prison angel tree. And we were able to provide gifts for over 50 children who have parents right now in prison who wouldn't have a Christmas otherwise. And many of our Church family members came together and bought gifts for these kids. And I heard story after story about how people were just filled with joy because our church was willing to extend it in the name of Jesus. And we sat down with one couple in our church this week, and they told us about their story. And I wanted to share it with you. Take a look at this video. We were looking to do something to show the love of Jesus more during this time for our kids. What we did with the Angel Tree Prison Fellowship was be able to get gifts for kids that were less fortunate and had parents or relatives that were incarcerated. And When we first got our caregiver's information, we texted her and like seconds later, she responded just very excited to meet us. And we get there and our daughter gives him the Bible and the candy cane and then we gave him his gift, and then we gave him a little book with it. They weren't gonna open it yet because he actually had a video call with his mom who was incarcerated later that day since his birthday was the next day. So that was really cool for us to hear because he was able to open his present in front of his mom. We don't always think of giving back during this season. You're focused on your family a lot of times, and we don't really get the opportunity just to kind of meet somebody that doesn't really have that same experience that we get to have and to be able to give them some hope and joy that there's somebody out there and we can share the love that we've received with them. I would love to see more people involved with it and to see it grow more and more. What's cool is they said that the boy was so excited to get the Bible, and he wasn't exactly sure what it was, but they explained to him what it was, and he was just thrilled to get the Bible. And then they waited, of course, to open up the gift that he received, and the caregiver sent text messages, pictures to Philip and Sierra so that they could experience the joy that that little boy experienced as he opened it up on a video call 
with his mom. And now they have formed a relationship with that caregiver, and they've been texting back and forth. How awesome is that? What opportunity is God giving you this Christmas season to extend joy to someone else? Maybe it's simply inviting somebody to come to our Christmas Eve services. We mentioned earlier, we've got four opportunities for you to come to one of our Christmas Eve services. But don't come alone. Invite somebody else to come with you. Invite that coworker. Invite that neighbor. Invite that friend, that family member. And here's the thing. You can give them a T-shirt. Remember, buy one T-shirt. You get one to give away. Okay, how awesome is that? Give them a T-shirt. Invite them to come to Christmas Eve. If they can't come to Christmas Eve because they're going to be out of town or have plans, invite them to come to Christmas Sunday next week. Give them an opportunity to come and experience the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we have another service opportunity coming up this weekend, our Christmas meals. And so there are three different opportunities where you can reach out to somebody in our community who's underprivileged by delivering food to them or providing food for them. Friday night, you can come, you can pack meals as a family. Saturday morning, we're going to be on our campus passing out meals to those who stop by. And then Sunday morning after services, we're going to go and deliver meals to those who can't come to our campus. We're going to reach out to people in need. And whether you can come to one of those days or all of them, we invite you to do so because we're here to unleash the joy of heaven on the sadness of earth. And maybe... You're going to be part of those Christmas meals. Maybe you're going to invite somebody to Christmas Eve, and maybe not. But I guarantee you God will open a door this season for you to go and extend joy to somebody else. Maybe it's simply having a conversation with somebody who feels unnoticed. Maybe it's sending a card to somebody. Maybe it's giving a gift to somebody, even a plate of cookies to a neighbor. I don't know what it is. But I guarantee if you look for it, God will give you an opportunity to extend to someone else the joy that he has given But here's the thing, in order to extend joy, in order to unleash joy on others, you've got to be experiencing it first yourself. And so right now, if the thought of Christmas just leaves you anxious and tired, exhausted, worried, stressed out, that's how you feel right now, then maybe you need to let Jesus cover your life overshadow your life. Because I don't think his birth was ever meant to stress us out. It was meant to cover our lives in such a way that we experience the joy of heaven. And so maybe what you need to do is let Jesus cover your life so that you can experience the joy of heaven this Christmas season and then share it with those around you. And right now, if you're struggling, there's something on your impossible list that you're like, yeah, but... I don't know if I can get past that, get through that. Remember the words that Gabriel told Mary. Nothing is impossible with God. Maybe that needs to be what you pray today. God, I know nothing is impossible for you, so I'm turning this, whatever it is, over to you today. And so as we close here, I want this to be on our hearts. If you would, just say those five words with me because I think they are so powerful. Though they're simple, they are so powerful. And so if you would, just out loud, loud enough to where the people online can hear us. If you're watching online right now, you can say it with us as well. Say these five words. Here we go. Nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. One more time. Nothing is impossible with God. He's got you covered. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you so much for this moment that we've had to open up your word and to dive into it and study it. And I just pray, Father, that we will remember that your son came to overshadow our lives so that we can experience the joy of heaven. Father, may we remember that nothing is impossible with you. May we trust you and allow for you to lead us through life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.